There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, folks, welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming to you from the lens of a kaleidoscope because, well, we're talking about kaleidoscope. It is the ambitious new Netflix heist thriller that encourages viewers to randomize the order they watch for a unique viewing experience. And we're here to talk about it. Kaleidoscope dropped on New Year's Day. Eight episodes, 47 minutes each. Very quick, easy watch. But was it worth all the hype surrounded by it? We're here to discuss. Uh, I am alone as far as super... I'm sorry, as far as Yonko go. Dr. Jace said he didn't want to invest his time in Kaleidoscope. But... With me is Nino Desplazado. Supernova Nino is here because he too joined in on the experience of Kaleidoscope. Nino, Kaleidoscope, why did you invest your time here? Well, first and foremost, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, that's I love his work. Um, I love what he does um, behind the camera. Or is it in front of the camera? It is in front of the camera. I love what he does in front of the camera. I think that he is a great actor. And I, if it's something that interests me, I'll, I'll make sure to watch what he's in. But also, I liked the idea that this was a sort of game that we had to figure out. That this was a... They called it a puzzle piece and you know you look through a kaleidoscope and you see different colors and different aspects but it's really just a game uh because you get to experience this in an order of your choosing i know that there's been a lot of uh, talk about and i guess we'll get to it you know later when we talk about how netflix released this but it the game of the gamification of this was really something that i liked going into um i can agree with you on both those points john carlo esposito um i feel is just one of those actors who often steals the show whenever he's part of something but has yet to be really in kind of a lead position um over the past decade he's gained great acclaim from breaking bad the boys, dear white people, the Mandalorian, and now he's here at the forefront. So that definitely, that was probably, yeah, the biggest thing that drew me in too. But like you said as well, Netflix really has kind of created this, you know, unique experience as far as it is a game and it is kind of put the pieces together and it's very layered. So, you know, and we can talk about this now, interestingly enough. I mean, their whole thing is kind of like approach this like a jigsaw puzzle and put the pieces together yourself kind of map out the timeline yourself and really try to figure what's going on and so to really really capitalize on that uh we actually went around and asked people to screenshot kind of the order uh of the episodes that they were presented to them and 
we uh, some interesting feedback so for example we had the same order no right yes so this is where i got confused because every word that i looked it up all the discussions online were talking about how netflix would choose a random order for you now i'm not saying that it's not possible right I'm not saying that it's not possible, but if it was really random, um, besides the last episode, apparently the last episode is always going to be white um, when Netflix gives it to you. But I got confused because if it was really random, it would be very, very unlikely that you and I both had the same exact order. That's not how it works. It it. The statistics would be very, very like. I I think you'd have a better chance at winning money on a scratch off, you know, than the the other uh, chances that we got here. But we kind of went with our own order because they 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 we went in with the challenge saying, oh, you can watch it in any order. And by God, did we say we'll take you up on that offer? I mean, uh, see, now I always thought going in before they dropped the episode list that it would already be in order, mm. or and I guess you could just start wherever. But yeah, as you said, it is randomized. But we, I guess we we're probably one of the few that had the same exact order. Uh, just for everybody listening. So again, when you log on to Netflix and you look at the order of the episodes, it's they're all colored based titles. You should everyone should typically have the a different order. We had the same. Ours went and correct me if I'm wrong. Green, yellow, blue, violet, orange, red, pink, white, and that was yep. ours. Now I did confirm some other people had different ones. Uh yeah, and it, you know, it's, I I I I I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, maybe it's like kind of a regional thing. So I asked Dr. Jace, and you and Dr. Jace live relatively close to each other. Maybe it was like kind of going off of area code or something. Uh this is interesting cuz uh I also checked with uh, a friend uh in Texas, uh Javon, and I asked him to screenshot so his started with green too. Like, so it seems like a lot of people have green as their starting point. Uh Dr. Jace had yellow as the num as the first episode. Interesting. Right. So I wonder instead of it being true random, if the episodes had like like maybe five different variations or maybe eight different variations instead of random. Mm -hmm. Um because true random would be like the I, um the permutations would be like of seven and that that's a big number you know what right. i mean mm -hmm. um so i i very weird i just find it very weird that i think that that's what turned me off that's what i said i'm not gonna watch this in that order because the moment that you told me it's the same order I was like, oh, can't trust it. Got to go by my gut now and uh, go my own way. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's more fun to don't even use, even though it's randomized and it might be the same as someone else. I think you should still pick and choose how you want to navigate this. So I guess, you know, what is kaleidoscope? You know, we've been talking about this idea of it's a jigsaw puzzle, put the pieces together. Well, what are we putting the pieces together? It's a heist thriller. It's a crime drama. There's a centralized crime and the idea is the episodes when you start them you enter a different point in the timeline of the crime and i mean again that's cool in theory uh was it executed right uh real quick we this is done by eric garcia uh i don't know if you're familiar with his work um i'm not too familiar i've heard of some things that he's done uh repo men which was a film that came out not too long ago with uh, Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. And then there was Matchstick Men with Nick Cage and I believe Sam Rockwell. Uh, yeah, not too familiar, not too familiar with what he's got going on. However, uh, he's the spearhead. You got guys like Ridley Scott coming in, producing this show. It seems a lot of people are putting their bets on this show. It sounds like. You get Giancarlo Esposito as the, your lead. Was the actual end result our overall thoughts? What did you think of the actual show and your whole experience by the end of it? Where where do you stand? I think it was an interesting premise that kind of fell flat in certain places. Um, there were certain characters that really did fall flat and maybe it's the way that I watched maybe it was dependent on the order that I watched them um especially with like the whole Stan and Judy and um um Bob love angle love triangle going on I feel like if I would have got to know them earlier I would have cared about them more, but there was definitely something left out. But I felt like there was enough of Leo's story to make it interesting. Uh, I feel like it works best when you're just following Leo's story and people connected to him. That's that's where the the story really shines when it's not a Leo focused or a Roger focused episode. Uh, the series kind of falls a little flat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a little unfortunate. Like I see what they were going for, but especially with a heist, it kind of, it, when not everyone has very interesting motivations like Leo, because I think the most interesting part is understanding why Leo does things throughout mm-hmm. the entire... Because we we are led to believe he's doing, you know, he's doing things for a certain purpose. And then when he does something that's contrary to that, throughout the episode order that you watch, you're like, what is Leo doing? Like, I don't understand. Um, but everyone else kind of was very direct... Um, uh, uh, at least of the main crew, the main crew, 
everyone was very much like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm no here. I know this. And they kind of fall into tropes, you know. Ooh, yeah. Tropes is a good word. I would probably use that. Uh, like you said, so Leo, uh, that's Giancarlo's character, probably the most, the one you probably invest the most time because the story really does really good by him. Uh, everybody else, like you said, very kind of falls flat story-wise. And then, yeah, I think it does fall into a lot of heist tropes. Uh, and then, too, yeah, I think a lot of the characters you don't care to invest in because we don't really understand, yeah, their motivations. We don't, they, they maybe the writers, they really didn't give too much time to them. But I will say this to everything that we just said, and we're going to get into it more, you know, depending on where you start your kaleidoscope journey, you know, really kind of factors into the overall experience with all the characters and, you know, everything. And that part, I think they did a good job at uh, as far as, you know, and we'll get into it. We'll get into it as far as our order and how that made us view different things. Uh, do you think this show aired on the side of safety? I mean, it's a cool concept, but then... What we actually are presented in plot, it seems very, you know, as we said, tropey, basic. Did they push it enough for you? I feel like in some aspects, they were very good at making certain people feel real. Uh, like, I feel like Leo having to, like, live in a world where, like, this like you know where he was a thief but he was a thief by necessity um and then it turned into something else uh was very interesting to see um and then i feel like other people were just like other characters were kind of fell flat and i i, I guess they had their storylines but at certain points, I'm like, would this happen? Uh, you know, would this really realistically happen? And I'm really thinking about the FBI agent. Ooh, ooh um, yes, Abasi, yeah. Yeah, the I feel like her character just, her character really got the worst of it <laughs> throughout the entire series. She was tricked, she was, you know, um, she was lied to, and then in the end, she ended up in a worse place where she started. It, <laughs> and I, there were also some people like I. I feel like I enjoyed Bob a lot more as the series went on, mm, okay. uh, or as I got to know. And maybe that's because I I ended the series off with episodes that happened before the heist, rather than you know the heist itself. Bob, before the heist, there were certain episodes, and I end and I ended off at a certain point where I'm like, "Wow, Bob is actually useful and not just crazy." Mm -hmm. um, but um, then there was other characters where it kind of fell to the backside, like um, I forget his name, the one that the one that kept drumming. Oh, uh, RJ. Yeah, insignificant. Ooh, every God. time I every time I saw him, I was like, 
I have not seen a lot of you. You're probably already dead, and I just don't. I don't care to invest in you. Oh um, man, uh, you, everything you're pointing out, it's like depending on where you start, it's like you would think you get some like great depth and backstory when you you know the episodes building up to the heist and then it's like ah i don't think they i don't think they serviced all their characters that well uh they did not yeah some of some of these characters really got shafted by the experience i feel like a character that didn't that actually was really well done by the experience that was kind of separate from leo was judy um funny enough judy's also the ending that is extremely open-ended at oh, the yeah. end um so there is something to say about judy and where her character ends up but i also feel um and i, I have to say this now stan every time stan came on screen it did i kept feeling like this would be so much better if it was huey from the boys <laughs> um who's that that's jack quaid yeah yep. um he gave me huey vibes for sure i was definitely he, getting he really huey vibes. um yeah. yeah man i think uh here when let's let's now start really getting into what's going on and that i think will drive kind of this deeper conversation we are full spoilers here uh, at the Yonko table, folks, if you have not finished all eight episodes of Kaleidoscope, you might want to turn back now. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is it. Um, so what's happening? So as we've been mentioned, we drop in names like Leo Pap. That is Giancarlo's character. Uh, right off rip, you know, kind of escapes prison. Uh, as we said, he's a career thief out of necessity. And now it's different. And now he's driven back into the game newfound motivation gathers a crew one last score and that's kind of what's going on we got the setup to the heist the actual heist the crew the fbi the target uh so they're trying to steal bonds from some shady bankers uh from a high security vault <laughs> yeah i i mean so at some points Oh man, I, I guess we'll get into it because it's it's really interesting to talk about like who they're stealing from. We can talk about it right why. now. This, the, oh yeah, this, these are the targets. The this is okay. what they're going for. They're some bonds. Yeah. So um, they explained in the show that these were like um, pre nineteen seventy two bonds or nineteen seventy three bonds. Yes, the ones so, that went undocumented or turned. Yeah, in. the ones yeah. the unnumbered, but they still can be turned in, and they're targeting somebody named roger salas correct which roger salas he he seems like you know throughout the show at the when i because of where i started uh rogers seems like just a big like ass yes of himself. Correct. absolutely but i also see like as the show went on and i got to see more of him before the heist i was like oh Roger may not be a bad guy, mm. like Jen. You know, he might not. He he's not a good guy, but he's not necessarily any worse than everybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the real 
<laughs> I hate to say this, the real villains are these triplets, and the I triplets. don't know when we're when we're gonna talk about them in this podcast. But these triplets are they're comical and scary, um, but in the wrong ways, I think, <laughs> because they kind of just seem like businessmen and they own the money, and they're like, oh yeah. We own the money, and um, we need to make sure our money's secure, and we'll make people disappear. That—that's who they're stealing from, and it's a very important plot point of why you know of who they're stealing from. Yes. Why is this an important plot point? <laughs> because they just might make you disappear one day. I don't know. Like that's. Uh, no, well, it's it's important. I, I find them somewhat generic, and it was the scene where he explains kind of what their triplets deal is. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so they are the worst of the worst. Um, yeah. There's no depth. They're just evil. They're just bad. Um, so that's that's the target. As you mentioned, Roger Salas. He's in charge of keeping their bonds safe behind. A high security vault. That's what his company specializes in. Uh, I have an interesting journey with uh, Roger Salas. Um, let's talk about the crew real quick. The crew seems very iced crew. Uh, there's Leo, the mastermind, of course. You have mm-hmm. Ava, the enforcer, who... Is I, she I an enforcer? I, I thought I, well, she was. She said, "I want to be a head of security," and she's got all the guns. Um, that's, not, that's not an enforcer. But what would I you call her? Be, she was security and um, documents. Doc, uh, yes, think. she provides them the IDs and the passports. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I didn't know what to call her. I didn't really know. Kind of. There was like a whole board on it, um, but then materials was. Stan, which he was uh, Leo's, which I think a big plot point is that Leo, Leo is a name, depending on where you fall on where you start, Leo is what we get introduced to him as, but his real name is Ray. Ray, Ray Vernon. Vernon, Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Stan was Leo's uh, cellmate when he was in prison for something that happened in the past, which, you know, uh, but he, he's like the guy who, he just knows a guy. I know a guy that can get very weird. Sounds like a New Yorker. <laughs> New Yorkers know everybody, right? I know yeah. a guy I think he's down. New Jersey. I think he's New Jersey. Oh, he's new. Okay. Well, everybody yeah. knows some, somebody in the Northeast, so he can get anything they need. Apparently, just literally anything. If you need it, he's got it. Uh, he's Judy. got Larva. For, for a guy, I don't know if one will mention this, but he got larva for a guy um, disguised as cheese. I, I don't I, know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, very weird how they choose to portray that he can get things. Right. Um, Again, kind of some of them seem underdeveloped in their backstory, and it's like that probably could have helped. Just kind yeah. of just be cooler, just be cooler to watch. I don't know. Um, I thought yeah. Judy, when they introduced Judy and kind of went over her background, I thought that was going to be kind of a cool angle. Uh, she's explosives. Uh, her father was a professor in Egypt, I think, Cairo. 
they mention uh and she yeah. took a liking to mixing chemicals so she's into explosives uh yeah the chemist the chemist the chemist right uh yeah. she's married to bob uh yeah bob it, is like this crazy like very weird dude who's very impulsive um I don't I feel this is bad to say. So the actor is Jai Courtney. Uh oh my god, that is Jai Courtney. It's Jai because, Courtney. Oh, because you want to know something? Because I saw him and I didn't recognize him as Jai Courtney because I didn't look up who's playing who. But I thought because Stan reminded me so much of Jack Quaid, I was like, they have <laughs> they have a Jack Quaid ripoff and they have a Jai Courtney ripoff. But wow, it actually is Jay Courtney. Good for him, because that's who I was thinking of the entire time that um, they were playing um, while I was watching. Uh, so, did he? Did he? For did he give you Captain Boomerang vibes here? Jay Courtney acts like Jay Courtney in all his movies. Okay, so, so he's just Jay Courtney. Yeah. Okay, he's just Jay Courtney. Okay, but he, he did give me Captain Boomerang, but he. I feel like he really was Bob in this. I feel like there was a, you know, a progression. I have to give him props because uh, I feel like his was one of the only characters that had a progression. We see him slowly, slowly lose his sense of humor. Yes. Um, uh, which was already, you know, demented as it is. Yes. But he kind of just, go. he goes, he's one of the ones that goes on a very big change. Uh, and kind of keeps the narrative moving, especially with the events after the heist. Yeah. So I got I have to. I have to give him props because he he did act. You know, um, some of the episodes well. Um, then there's RJ, who's the driver. The driver, RJ, the driver. Um, I think he's uh, on the spectrum. Uh... Yeah, they, in, they they took some elements of probably Baby Driver. Oh, um, with another the drumming. Heist movie. Yeah. yeah, with the music and uh, th that's where I was kind of like, I feel like this has been done before, maybe better in a better sense. Um, hey, dare I say, did you see him drive at all? <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> RJ was very forgettable because. Uh, he, I, I, this is a very big spoiler, but he ends up dying. Like, and we Oof. barely see any of. No, absolutely, absolutely. Again, uh, when we when you talk about where you start in the show, that's a very like, oh wow, if he's dead, I guess I'm gonna learn a lot about him in the next couple episodes. Nope. Uh, or I'm gonna like grow to care for him. That way, his death is high key effective. You know, but nope. uh, oh, but again, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're almost there. Um, yeah, all right. You tell me if you count this person as part of the crew. Hannah, the inside man. Oh, the I don't. I don't. Hannah had. Hannah was so hidden for me because the episodes with Hannah happened later for me. Oh, okay, okay. That it kind of was this twist. Um, I knew Hannah. I, because of where I started, I knew something was up with Hannah, but I didn't know that that was Hannah. Okay. Um, so, um, it, 
and you know i think where white ends off which is like i think a, a great place to end the series i think that's where they intended for the series to end right um hannah even has a uh, a moment where she's like oh i'm not your inside man i'm doing mm. my own thing mm. i think that's very important to the show um and i'm very important to how these where these er characters end up um but yeah i feel like hannah was very interesting i just feel like there were elements of her story just like everyone's story and i'm like wow this is not getting explained at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah. In the end, I just feel like some of the some of the crew got uh, shafted, got shafted by yeah. Yeah, yeah by the writing. And then we can't we we have to mention um, the FBI agents. Oh, yeah, um, of course, a bossy, the girl that's... one and the guy one. That, oh, so I don't that's... even know the guy's name. I know a bossy. That's pretty much. I have missed the guy's name, but again, uh, it's like they have inklings of a story they want to explore and they ultimately do not explore it. So Abasi and her partner, the guy's infatuated with her. Uh, we can't cross that line. We're, we're agents. We're partners. Yeah. And also, and also Abasi is the more experienced one, but also has a troubled past and, which I don't uh, understand how guy, she's still employed by the FBI. Uh, no, I can because that that was one of the more believable aspects. Think about really? it. Yeah, think about it. Think about <laughs> how many like law enforcement and you know police officers and agents do terrible things, and then they're like, "Here's a slap on the wrist. Don't do it again." And no. then they just come back. Well, you, you so, can talk uh, about it from that angle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just feel like some of the there's other aspects of her story specifically that I'm like this would not I don't understand how this would happen um so <laughs> I'm very confused but also I think one of the interesting dynamics how they kept it kind of interesting to watch is that he is very new he's very green very green to the agent job uh and he kind of gives a very different perspective to Abbasi's kind of paranoia mm -hmm. um, from being in the field so long. Toby. So, uh, Toby is his name. Toby. Last name, officer, or uh, Agent Toby. Wow, I didn't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so, so th those are like the main players. Um, I, I guess uh, there isn't a lot of you know things going along uh we get to see some of the backstory for leo which i i guess we'll talk about when we talk about episode order well yeah and why it's important let's let's do episode order right now so we we got the players laid out we got the mm -hmm. heist we got the target um yeah now let's play around so i think I'm going to go ahead and let's give our audience. This is the chronological order. If you were to watch the show chronologically, this is how it goes. It would go Violet, which is 24 years before the heist. Green, seven years before the heist. Yellow, six weeks before. Orange, three. Blue, five days before the heist. White is the actual heist. Red, the morning after 
in pink six months after that is the chronological yeah. order now with yeah. that said i think as you said nino i think white is clearly finale-esque uh yes i think that's probably yeah i, I would agree that's probably a really good place to end your watch uh with that said go what was your order how did you tackle this i started on probably the worst episode to start on um which was red which was immediately after the heist okay um it starts off kind of with leo uh in like a pensive thought and trying to escape the water and um the gate <laughs> and them escaping on a boat to to somewhere and we get the inkling that the heist went wrong and then we see it where everyone kind of meet up meets up at the safe house and starts blaming everybody for the heist going wrong and someone's hiding something um then we get like we meet some of these other characters which i didn't know at the time but we meet roger salas's hitman yeah uh, and then Carlos, we meet, yeah the generic and we meet also the generic hitman who does what he says. Oh, well, he, not told. only does he do what he says, he does just whatever the hell he wants. Doesn't cover tracks, just kills whoever. Yep. No rhyme or reason. Interesting character. And then we meet some of Stan's background characters, like his mom and his sister. And, no, that's his wife. Uh, oh, that's his wife? No, that's that his wife. Like his sister. You're sleeping on the couch, Stan. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, that 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 wife did not treat Stan well. Um, but yeah, I was just like, this is very weird, um, you know. And then you know we get some things with Hannah and Roger, and they're trying to cover it up from the FBI agents. This all seemed like if I knew these characters beforehand, I would have been invested in what was happening. Because this was a, like a lot of this seemed like a lot of like oh uh, this probably this episode probably relied on tension from knowing the characters mm -hmm. but going in and actually know like knowing nothing about them I was very I I, I almost dropped the series after this because I was like I was like oh I don't know what's going on and maybe that's why I I, I was led to believe that there are better episodes to start on. Um, and maybe that there's like, instead of having it be completely random, you know, maybe that there's only like three episodes that the series could start on and then it goes from there. Serves as um, launching points. Yeah. Like I feel like green, great launching point. Blue is a, no, blue is a bad launching point. But green, yellow, um, violet, those are all great launching points. Um, uh, but yeah. Well, what, what did you start on again? So I, I started on white. I started on the heist. Oh. Uh, and honestly, okay, so to your point with starting red first, part of me feels you can start with red and then just, it's like, it's like, that's that, it's that scene in the movie where he's like, you're probably wondering how I got here. Let's I hate, I hate that though. You don't like narratives hate, like that? I hate narratives like, and I think it's just become a meme. It definitely has become a meme on Twitter. It's like um, record scratch, freeze frame. Yes, now you're yes. probably wondering why. And I, I hate those, you know, and uh, they also happen like 
immediately after. Red doesn't seem like immediately after. Red seems like the fallout of immediately after. Because usually those those things happen like immediately after something happened or we see some of the action of the climax. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that there's another climax throughout the movie where, you know, the character has to learn something. This feels like the like a fallout. Yeah, and no, definitely a fallout. fallout. Yeah, I feel like a fallout would have more impact if we knew any of the any anything that was going on. I just sat there confused, and uh, I thought it, it gave me a weird place to start um, because I was wondering if the ser- the whole series is going to be like this. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I, this episode made me starting on this episode made me almost drop the series. Um, that, I think I think that's fair because starting on the heist episode white. Well, that's probably one of the cooler episodes, you know, uh, watching mm-hmm. them actually do it. They flood the vault. I think the B scene was probably the coolest of scenes. Uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know what the hell he's doing. But here are all these bees and he's walking through it. Uh, I, I would only say the the one issue I have with st- if you start at white is you are still confused, no doubt, especially when the betrayal happens. So you see. You know, RJ pulls the gun on Bob and then shoots him. And then Judy shoots RJ. But then she chokes out Bob. And it's like, I don't really understand these character dynamics. Uh, You know, they're married, but she's trying to kill him right now. Uh, But watching the heist play out first, I think, is a good kind of... Now, definitely reel you in. But I would say... The energy in the heist, I don't think there might be one other episode that matches, I feel, the energy of the heist to where, you know, if the heist is peak, nothing else, the gaps between the heist and the other episodes are very wide. But I will say, having watched the heist first, the most confusing thing going in was the kind of the end with roger and hannah so hannah's like i'm taking it all i'm like who is this girl uh is she part of the team why is he crying like what's going on uh, yes and also you get that wonderful scene where he goes back in to leave something in roger's personal vault that felt like an ending that does feel like the ending yeah you know because it ends on a thematic conclusion for the character that kind of defines everything that happened before and everything that happens after. Right. Um, because, uh, and I guess we'll talk about it like near the end because I feel like one, it will make more sense as we won't, won't we talk about the different episodes and why it's important. Well, here, um, I don't, yeah, go, go. I want to know when did you watch Violet? Where does Violet fall in your order? I, I watched this. The Violet was the very second episode. Violet was my second episode too. What a great episode to have as the second episode. Yes. Um, when let me tell you because I thought they were just going after uh, like a a billionaire, and I think Red points it out um, that they were like, oh, there's always a motive behind the motive. You know, mm-hmm. there's always something else going on, and I know that they were all, you know, they, things were missing and. I thought they were just going after a big business like person. Um, I also thought that Roger and Hannah were in a weird relationship. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. 
like a daughter it felt like a daughter son weird or it could be romantic um yeah well well, because well you watch red too so that could definitely add to that theory right there um and then so getting violet's second episode i think the biggest jaw drop was realizing that leo um was not leo his name was ray and that he knew roger in his past absolutely abs well so okay so it's like when you watch violet violet is supposed to be the like the peel back the layer episode as to why everything's happening so it's like depending on when you watch violet you know that could really make sense of the rest of the series or you know you're still watching the series and you're you know if you're invested you're invested but violet really does give you kind of the answers it's a revenge story now it's uh they yeah they knew each other they were partners they were friends and it's like well here he is stealing from him what the hell happened here they are they're both con men stealing but in white or in red you learn that roger is um you know this billionaire whatever so it's like where how where did it go wrong yeah and i feel like i feel like one of the drawbacks of violet was that it painted roger as this really bad person and um painted leo as someone who's who deserves vindication yeah um i feel like that I, i i feel like that's a good thing and a bad thing um, because as the series went on, I questioned both of those. And I think that's, I guess, the point of the series. Um, because I definitely did question, like, Leo's and um, and Roger being good people or, like, what kind of people that they were. Um, but Violet did help me shape that. Um, it also is interesting to see that Leo did try to, to, to make it straight. Yes. You know, he really did try, but he was so shaped by like outside factors that deal with like classism and, you know, racism. Like he really wanted to, he was from always from a lower like section of society. They make a very big point that Leo only steals from the rich. Uh, and Leo makes it a point to only steal from the rich, only steal from banks, only steal from people who can't afford to lose and not notice it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it also seems that like uh, he like and they make it very 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 clear that Leo also was shaped by like people being very racist to him like the, the racism was just overt oh, at that country club i i have my thoughts on kind of overtly racist scenes in tv and movies where it's like you can still give off systemic racism but goodness gracious the when the guy said this ain't some cookout uh <laughs> i was like what is this <laughs> don't get me wrong no, he- junk John Carlos acts that scene very well. I'll say that. Yeah. I just feel like, but I also feel like it may be on brand with these 
rich, out of touch white people. Because he says this isn't some ghetto cookout. Yes. And then uh, there's so these people are so out of touch with like reality and with black people that <laughs> immediately after um, saying that and like being very racist to his accountant's family, uh, he calls her back in to fix the books. Right. And I'm just like, hello? That's not... I, and, you know, I guess that's that's the part where I was like, this is kind of believable. Like, you know, I, I can believe that, you know, rich white people are just so out of touch that they decide to, you know, be overtly racist, thinking that they're in the right, and then have the people that work for them that they were racist to be like, oh, come back. I need you to fix something for me. Right. Without some, I don't think he, he thanked her for coming, but didn't apologize for the incident uh, the not. other day. Um, but I guess, you know, I took it as it's, I mean, not to say that racism isn't a problem today, but I was like, oh, this is the nineties, I guess a little less woke, uh, a little more. Yeah. I'm still very problematic, but I do. Yeah. Violet, Violet reveals that they are partners and, Roger is not who he says he is. He's Graham Davies. Uh, and we ultimately see that they have a heist gone wrong. And uh, the victim is uh, his wife. Uh, yeah. Yes. Right. And from there, you know, uh, his wife dies. Uh, he's going to take the fall. And he's leaving Hannah behind. So for me, I was like, oh, that's Hannah. That's the girl from the heist who took the bonds. That's his you know, daughter. You know, when I coming from red to violet, I never made the connection that the I thought the assistant to Roger was just some random like girl. Like mm -hmm. I was like unassuming. I was like, damn, Leo like left his daughter. Um, to fend for herself, that's crazy. Like, you know, uh, you know that I, I was just so in shock by that, and it ultimately was just like I didn't make the connection that she was going to appear back in the series. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this because my third episode was Pink. Well, so Pink, you know, is like the very chronologically end. Um, but the fact that Panna is Ray's daughter and that Ray and Roger slash Graham knew each other. This whole time I was thinking Roger knows who Hannah is, but he doesn't. He has, he does not put together that this is Ray's daughter. Not once. And I was like, damn, I thought y'all were family friends. I thought this was some kind of conniving plot point as far as like oh I don't know I'm going to take everything from Ray I'm going to take his daughter away uh, which sounds like a better story to me and then it's not that's not what happens that's just somebody he recruited fresh out of college and I was like really you don't recognize her uh, that kind of yeah. took me out a little bit 
Well, in in pink, I I also went with pink as the what do you call it as my third episode. Damn. Okay, so we did violet and pink as our third. Okay. Okay. I I think pink was I I was just interested because I I, I didn't even see the the description. I just went with pink. Yeah, I I never read the descriptions. I just chose a color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and pink was, I kind of, so this is where things started to get a little muddy for me because no, in that episode, they do say that, um, Roger does say that he did, um, know that she was, um, Leo's daughter. Oh, he knew, he knew. Yeah. He knew and he was trying to like, you know, protect her and, you know, give her a place in society. Okay. Um, but he also knew that she worked hard, but she, he would never mention that to her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like to him, that at least that's what I got from it. Because remember when Leo visits him um, and gives In him prison. the yeah the sausage. Yes. Um, but yeah, Pink was just a very interesting episode um, because it was really the resolution to everything. Um, I still, after seeing Red and after seeing Violet. When Leo makes the call to his daughter with a child, I did not make that connection that that was Hannah still. I did not recognize the actress from Red and the actress from <laughs> from Pink. I Come did on! Not, I did not recognize them, either of them. And I was just like, I, I, well, and it's the same actress, but I didn't recognize her. And I guess I was just very unassuming. I'm like, oh yeah, this, you know, there's a different actress. So it's nice that he got in touch with his daughter. I just did not make that connection at all. <laughs> because uh, Tati, I was... Tati Gabrielle is the actress uh, for those listening. Um, yeah. Man, I mean, she uh, went through a couple of hairstyle changes throughout the series. That is true. She did go through a couple hairstyle changes. Um, I think it finally clicked for me uh, in a later episode that I got to. But yeah, Pink was was the resolution so there was a lot of like oh you know hiding out i was very confused but um because leo did not seem interested in helping anybody he did not he and he seemed like he got injured uh because this is before we know what we know you know going forward pink was just a very interesting third episode because we kind of see leo like in uh, in a dying state you know what i mean very dying state yeah parkinson's is taking him yeah but we don't know it's parkinson's at this point yeah we we, thought, we yeah we did not know it was parkinson's yeah yeah because i watched red and because his foot got caught in the cage while he was trying to swim back up i was like oh maybe he got injured from the job that he didn't realize until after because there was the whole shootout there was you know there was a bunch of confrontations and he maybe he's just like getting you know getting older and etc cetera, etc cetera. and then the whole fallout with bob happens bob catches up to him he's trying to find stan and judy i didn't know who stan and i mean i knew who they were but i didn't know that there was a a, a love triangle and uh uh it, it was just very you know, there was a lot of things happening, but then I think I think the, one of the big moments of that episode was the you know the finale where Bob is like on the beach and he gets tricked by Leo to to get 
to get arrested by the FBI. Right. And, and uh, you know, Judy the- finds the money and has to decide whether to stay with Stan, which they've been they've been doing very bad on their own. Correct. Um, they've been going from motel to motel, trying to pull off scam after scam. Can't even go back to their old life. Um, can't start a new life because they don't have money. Um, and do we and get is, the conclusion? She drives off or is it we never see? We never see. She's just looking at the empty road and looking back at Stan who is enjoying his lengua um, tacos. So I was like, okay. And, and it never made sense why Stan had a fascination with like meat until later. I was oh. like, why is Stan like lengua so much? Like, why is he such a connoisseur of uh, of meat? Um, I didn't even pick and, that up that he was. Yeah, that's the that's the whole reason why he's like, oh, we have to go before you know ten o'clock because um, if they ran out at, before ten last time, and then he says it in another episode where he's like, every time I order lengua, they get it wrong, and. Um, he gets really upset about that, but that's because he's a butcher. Right, like, right. He owns yeah. the... Yes. Yeah. So I just found... I, I was very... You know, there were still some elements that were confusing, but enough of a of a narrative to be like, oh, Bob is on the hunt for them. The FBI is on the hunt for them. Leo's trying to, like, keep low. Stan's trying to keep low. You know, and then um, this guy, Roger, is in jail. Prison. Yeah, he's in... He, well, yeah, he is in prison. And he's like ordering Bob to go out and. Well, Bob, Bob is, is offering. His... Bob is like, you pay me. I'll go get revenge for you. I'll go take care of Ray. I'll go take yeah. care of everybody who was part of that heist that put you in here. Um, But at that point, because being the third episode and you had already seen Red, I was like, oh, there's got to be another episode that sets this up because I did not see roger get arrested and now they know he's not roger they know he's graham so i was like there's definitely got to be an episode between this um but this is very epilogue-esque pink because mm. ava also eats it here um yes and so does the the lady who took her from argentina yes um, her nanny her nanny right yep. um so and again if you enter so early it's like ah I, do i care do i care uh does she have a relationship with leo is uh is that why he's so broken about this i don't understand oh. <laughs> um yes <laughs> the answer is yes <laughs> i i was i was i was very confounded because they didn't explicitly state not once them, but they were very on the nose about them being in a relationship very much so i saw some hand to ass uh touching and very flirtatious but they never really said it but um the final moments of pink uh outside of you know bob in the sand uh you know ray has the emotional phone call with hannah but also then ray is being followed by a kid with a gun and gunshot fades. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know how that 
realistic that is because this this seems like a little bit of overacting to me on and maybe just of how they shot it because like Giancarlo I guess they told him just be a guy with Parkinson's and walk with a suitcase randomly in Central <laughs> Park and it's cold and I was like okay you know and he's just like oh and then he just gets shot and then it ends and then I'm like okay you know who that um, kid was though right yeah um that's like Roger's son apparently yeah it's his son yeah it's Roger's son doesn't make sense why Roger's son would have any connections um or know who Leo is doesn't None. make sense it would make more sense that it was the FBI agent um you know agent Toby right it'd make a lot more sense if it was agent Toby it'd be very departed esque you know um yeah I I just feel um, um well we only get introduced to Roger's son I believe in white and there's another I think in blue as well we get oh, him for like one small scene okay so with that said it's like oh man I don't even know if Roger's son being the one that pulls the trigger is hitting home for me because I'm like I hardly know him I hardly know his relationship with Roger apparently it is skewed and it is you know not necessarily the greatest but it doesn't do much for me you're right it's just like dad I want to come work at the company with you and not be in college anymore (laughs) and that's that's the that's his whole character and then i guess you could say that roger is just like son i accept you and then i guess that was stolen from him by leo it would have been a lot more interesting if that was developed yes i I truly i truly think that he was only included in the story to make roger look like a less bad guy yes Um, give him some yeah some humanity some ethos right or maybe even some collateral (laughs) that's how i'm viewing it because um then you know that roger is risking a lot you know just living on his day-to-day because he's trying to make it he's trying to make it for his family right and uh, that's what they were they weren't the his family was wasn't weren't characters they were collateral yeah and i hate to put it in the business transaction but that's what these characters felt like they were they weren't you know they they They're were hardly they characters were oppor- yeah they were opportunities for roger to show that he cares about people and that he wants what's best for people not actual people <laughs> right right because yeah everything we get i mean we meet his wife barely knew her we meet the son barely knew him and then ultimately when it came down to it was was violet enough for you to be like roger's not a good guy violet was enough for me because he kind of he left her he He left lily irrelevant oh yeah lily was um the wife the wife not rogers not rogers former girlfriend or whatever because he had a girlfriend but you know oh, put it yeah society. irrelevant no but uh no um, lily ray's wife uh yeah could have saved um him. 
he could have saved her, but he was afraid. And I, I don't know if I would have judged him as a bad person for that, but it did make me feel like Leo was vindicated in going after him. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I think what made him more of a bad person was convincing Leo to get back into the crime business, you know? Yes, when he clearly wanted out and he clearly wanted to go straight. Yeah. No, no, no. That that makes him selfish. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. So, uh, I, again, I, again, there's some holes, and I think we'll get into these holes now. I feel outside of green, the rest of these episodes are kind of just your run-of-the-mill, uh, like, let's set up the heist, let's get the ball rolling and then these were episodes that were really i feel you were supposed to explore characters and why they're here how versatile are they and how much of a asset they are to the team whether or not we got that uh yeah i don't know uh let's go real quick uh what was four five what was what's the rest of your order after episode after third the third one um it was orange green and blue orange so. green then blue um all right mine fourth starting with four was blue <laughs> yellow red orange and i did green last uh so i feel i think it's blue yellow and orange are all kind of those intermediate episodes between uh i guess violet and the heist uh, yeah i yeah. forget what or orange was the one centered around the fbi agent agent Kadazi, right yes orange was a bossy heavy yes orange was a bossy heavy um all right so with a bossy um I feel they're trying to set up, you know, they want to play both sides of this. They, you want to see the criminals, you want to see the, you know, authorities in charge or on the people the case. that are chasing them. Yeah. Right, right. This that always makes the, the fun game. If you get to know the cat as much as you get to know the mouse, you know, that makes it a more interesting chase. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really care for a bossy. Um, nor do I really understand her connection to Ava at all. Like yeah. I'm, I'm I, I feel sure. like we understood it in green a little bit more, um, because when Leo breaks out, um, and green was a, a very big highlight episode. I feel like that's a great starting point. Green for is the a. I agree. Green is a very good jumping point yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I, I like. I, I think. I think at at some point during this pod, we need to talk about. Pref like the preferred viewing order like where we think everything should be yeah yeah um, we could do that we could do that let's uh let's green, keep going and then yeah we'll do that yeah. at the end yeah but green is definitely uh i think the best starting place because it doesn't it's not too backstory heavy um it's kind of sets up the impetus for um for Leo's character, for Ray, Leo's character, because now we understand, now some of the things that I was questioning about Leo, like why is he, you know, a complete mess in pink? 
What's he hiding? Why didn't he want to help anybody? Why is he a different person, you know, back then? Like, what's his angle? Why, why after Red, when the thing went sour, he did not necessarily, he was so quick to be like, let's just go to the safe house, take what we have, and, you know, just write it out and, you know, see what happens. Why was he so dead set on that? Versus, um, you know, trying to figure out what actually happened. You know, there was a lot of things that were not making sense because if he was the mastermind, Green episode, I guess got more of him being the mastermind in Orange because Abasi was trying to, you know, figure out who was part of the crew and Leo was like in the plans, you know? Uh, but when we find out in green that Leo is diagnosed with Parkinson's, I'm like, I understand now. He has, to him, he has an expiration date. Yeah, he's a time clock. Right. He, yeah. Um, for him, life is not guaranteed for the long run. Uh, so he needs to figure it out and just write it out until, after, to him at least. Yeah. He's a criminal. He can't get health care. He can't get oh, good absolutely. healthcare. I mean, he's a fake person right now. Leo Pap is not real. Ray Vernon yeah. is dead, right? So yeah, he's he's um, running against time or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I think well, Green. Okay, so when you talk about you know standout moments that probably separate this show from other shows, I think Green is a really good launching point. But I think Green is also just really fun too, like. Uh, you know, it was not that much of an elaborate escape, but it, I think in execution, putting the whole prison population on shrooms is really funny. Uh, it is really funny, <laughs> <laughs> and you get and you get introduced to a bunch of the players in green. You do, you, know, I think, you do. I didn't realize I, you were going to meet them all. Yeah, you meet Judy very early on. You meet Bob. You meet um, Stan is his celly. Stan, you meet Ava. You meet Abasi. I even think you see. I don't think you see Roger in this episode. No, we do see Roger at the very end of Green. We see Roger because uh, he yeah. sees he goes and finds Hannah, and that's when he realizes Hannah is working for Roger. Yeah, and that's yeah. I, I feel like that sets up. I feel like yeah, it's a perfect starting episode. For something that is very non-linear. Ooh. Um, okay. 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 Um, oh God, I feel now I'm about to give my preferred. Ah. Uh, no, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. Okay. Fine. Wait. 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 I just jumped into it because Green was a very well done episode. Um, because you see some of the, you know, it 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 went from prison escape to what comes after to, and then you have a very big emotional pour with you know Hannah and. And Leo, mm -hmm. something that that I was like, oh, I'm missing throughout the series. Like, what's not clicking for me? And I think right. Hannah was not clicking for me. That's that's where I was like, oh, I, I get, I get it now. Red starts to make a little bit more sense. But I, I think the episode that I watched right before um, Orange was was just a run of the mill episode that didn't make much sense. Uh, yeah, no, Orange I feel doesn't really move the story that much it really just kind of sets up i guess ava as far as her eventual betrayal goes uh and why betrayal. 
Yeah, betrayal. Betrayal. Right. right. Um, but no, I think Green is a great starting point. And you're you. I I. I I like what you said about as far as Hannah goes because that's really going to play into my preferred order. Um, I think Yellow is a really good episode. I think I really enjoyed Yellow. Uh, yeah, I would have enjoyed Yellow if I started on the if I started uh, with Yellow near the you know the opening. Yes, but I ended on Yellow. So um, you ended on I, Yellow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. At that point, I was like. Well, all right. Well, actually, I mean, I ended on green. So on green, it was just kind of like, it was almost like I went entirely backwards just with a couple of, mm. you know, ones out of order. Um, mm. But yellow definitely would serve one well in the beginning versus kind of near the end. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I would not try to end on yellow. Uh, yeah. Definitely not. But I think yellow was fun. Uh now we see him bringing everybody back in. Uh, as you said, we did briefly meet majority of the cast in green. Uh, the Diamond Way heist I found to be creative enough. Um, I guess it was, you know, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, yeah, Bob was Bob was very useful that episode. Uh, and useless. I was, I, yes, I, I feel like I feel like, but that defined his character. Like, yes, he was somebody that was very useful, but he came at a cost. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like, but I also, I, I think they were very, very, and I think after seeing Pink, I was like, why did they even let this guy on the crew? And Orange even, no, Pink said it, that they were like, why is Ray and, or Leo and Bob working together, their oil and water, they would have never gotten along. Um, and I was like, yeah, why would they let Bob on the crew? Well, yeah, you know? I was kind of like, uh, did you see Bob crack any safes after his injury? Yeah, he cracked a couple in white. He did. Uh, I, I might need to go back and rewatch white because I remember he quit halfway through. He's like, you crack your own safe. You know, he didn't quit halfway through. Um, the room was flooding, and he was just like, "We got what we came for." Right? Yeah. Like, okay. And he's like, "But I want to crack this specific one." And everyone, everybody was like, "We don't kind of want to do this." And Leo was like, "I have to do." It. Right, and they're like, That's "What is this about? Yeah. What is this about?" Okay, fine. Yeah. Bob, I guess Bob proves his worth. But yeah, it was like he does not gel at all since the get go. With no. Dang near anybody on the crew, and then he. But yellow does, yellow does kind of show that he's useful, <laughs> you know. But he's a hothead, and that's the counter to yeah. it, right? Yeah, it, you know, he gets his hand shot. Uh, his dominant. But without him, without him, the heist wouldn't have happened because they right. needed to do. What I liked about this series um, was that in order to pull off the big heist, they had to do a bunch of different little heists. Yes. To uh, finance, to set up the big heist, you know, they had to do a bunch of different things to get to the big heist, which, which I makes, appreciated. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I, uh, uh, you know, you see that sometimes in heist films. I know you see that in the Oceans films. You know, they might go try to steal a pinch, then that will set off the, you know, turn off uh, Las Vegas's city power. 
I know you do this in like the Sly Cooper games if you ever played those on PlayStation. Um, but it, it, I mean, it does make sense. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think of when we talk about heist, I think about Doc Ock stealing all that money from the bank. And then I guess <laughs> placing a collect call to deliver all this equipment to this abandoned pier in Spider-Man 2. Um, <laughs> yep. Who knew? <laughs> you know, it's just... <sighs> um, yeah, that. now that you point that out, it's very funny to think about. But this kind of solves a lot of the logistical issues. Um, but I will tell you where these episodes kind of fall flat. And that's why is Ray a thing? I feel like Ray was only there to make the car look like a car, you know? Wait, because Ray? We're talking was... about Ray or RJ? Oh, not Ray. Not Ray. Dang. RJ. I feel RJ, like RJ yeah. was only there to, to to put a costume on the truck. Yeah. Um, um, because that was that was his usefulness. He was like, oh, I know about cars. I can, I, you know, we can do this and that and... Um, I also was on a bike and I think RJ Again. I think RJ was probably the most underdeveloped character for the series. Uh I yeah. feel not much of his storylines went anywhere. Like he started to have, I guess, a brotherly sister relationship with Judy that I don't think amounted to much because God it, it amounted to to Judy. Um feeling bad about losing RJ in red and pink. But then didn't she but then she shot him. She shot him in white. You know? Yeah. And then that kind of that kind of lost me there. Yeah, it's it uh, it sucks because he in in concept in theory, he sounds like a fun character. But as you said, he's very much the baby driver. Um yep. And they didn't really play to that strength. Again, I don't think we see him drive once. I think we see him more on the bike, as you just said, versus yeah. driving, which is, yeah. I guess, he's the driver. We see Ava driving. We see Stan driving. Um, but we don't see, and we see Bob driving. We don't see anybody else driving in the series. Nope. So. Let me tell you, though, Yellow, I forgot. The beginning of Yellow is hannah focused is very hannah yes this stuff i thought was really good kind of the espionage that's going on at sls with roger and hannah and at this point in the game for me i still was unaware i was like maybe hannah was in the whole time because i had not watched green yet i had not watched green yet uh, so I didn't have confirmation that, you know, she knows what Ray's planning at all. Uh, I guess there's an inkling of it, too, here uh, at the very end of Yellow. But when you watch the beginning of Yellow, I'm like, damn, so Hannah's been playing this game all along. She's like a master thief. She's a corporate espionage. She's security uh, tester. She's framing people. She's framing people. Right. I thought this was this see the, this moment here i was like all right this show has some really strong moments and this is what i liked i i was really invested with, with a lot with what hannah was doing versus i didn't even care about the crew i was like damn uh how is hannah gonna play this how's she gonna get the vp job uh 
you know, how's she gonna plant this thing on this dude to get him fired? Because him, we see him die in blue. Uh, yeah. The character Andrew. I was actually very invested in the kind of going on at SLS versus the crew just yeah. kind of sitting around. Yeah, I and that's where I feel like Roger stands out because you can tell that in this business, at least, he tries so hard to keep it legitimate as can be. Like you can tell, like, and that's what I that's where I appreciated the series because it felt like the more I un, like I I wanted to feel vindicated. I wanted Leo to feel vindicated, but the series also questioned made me question if that was even the right thing to do. Um, because Roger does like does have a business, and you could say that the series is kind of just making me feel bad for rich people for you know being rich, and that's not really my you know my ethical my personal ethical standpoint. I'm in real life. I'm like, oh no, you're rich. You still got money. Shut up. You know. Um, yes. But. Roger was like he had a past and he was trying to do better which I think I appreciated more um in this as the series went on um blue was a really good episode because it showed that he was just like look I'm getting my hands dirty but you're trying to steal from me you know you're doing this I'm trying to keep this company and he's from there a lot of pressure because even though he's rich right he's also at the mercy he's not rich enough he's answering to somebody yes and he but he's better off than most other people he also has a family you know that he cares about and when leo breaks into his house and to get information to get you know there's a whole setup about like oh um we need a like uh something you have something you know something else you know with the machine so leo has to go steal from him leo realizes i he has this entire family am i right to to mess that up am i right to mess up a family just like he messed up mine i appreciated that you know it's Um, i think it's done well i think um when you know from that point when he breaks into roger's house it's very much you know this could have been my life i was trying to go legit you know and that's the thing is that he's like this man still ruined that for me you know but at the same time roger says in pink and that's this is where i'm starting to understand roger roger was like you're the one who decided to stay in prison you know you're the one who like if you when you got out of prison um or you could have come to me and I would have tried to help you get out of prison and I could have helped you get legit now that I'm legit, you know? He says that, he said, and that's, and he even, and Leo is so just blinded by revenge and blinded by like, oh, this is what I should have. That he doesn't see that Roger is also trying to protect Leo's legacy. He's trying to protect Hannah, you know, in ways. Right. and he's trying to, you know, make sure that she has something to, to have, you know, to, to a, a life for herself. I don't know how far that goes because Yellow has this whole plot point where 
Hannah has uh, is pregnant. Yes. And we don't. We, it's never explicitly stated who the father is. Um, I unfortunately have a very sneaking suspicion that maybe there was something with Roger um, oh. because. In red, she's like, and you'll get everything you deserve. I'll make sure you get everything you deserve. There was that one scene, and I was like, this is very weird. Very, very weird. I'm pretty sure she just was artificially inseminated with her wife or girlfriend. Which is interesting because in the descriptions, uh, her roommate is regarded as her roommate and her sister. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's her girlfriend. No, that's her sister. When the hell? I could have sworn that was her girlfriend. No, she was adopted by a Korean family. Oh. That's why her last name's Kim. Okay. I was like, I thought they were a couple. No, I think you get that because she poses as a lesbian in yellow. I don't know if she's queer or not, but she Mm. was just very comfortable with making a lesbian feel like um, she was interested and then just using her, you know? Okay. I don't know. We don't know much about Hannah. We don't know much about Hannah. We know that she's pregnant, but she also says in yellow that um, she tried to text the guy, the father, and he has not answered her about it. Ooh. And, she's, and she was like, if only, like, you know, I, I wonder, or something like... Um, if only he wanted to actually like be invested in his child. It's his child, you know. And Ooh, that's sticky for me. I hope not. I don't. I hope it's not. But Roger. now, but now, but now that I think about it, I think maybe I don't think it's Roger. Just because, um, if I'm to believe Roger, I think he knew that that was Leo's daughter, and I also think that because this person. Um, Hannah was in contact with Roger a lot. Right. There is no, there is no way that Roger would, you know, see her every day and she would not bring it up to him. You know what I mean? And yeah. he not just, and you know what I mean? So there's something we don't, we just don't know who the father is. It, it, this was, for all we know, it was the Immaculate Conception. Which I'm, I guess I'm, <laughs> uh, Immaculate Conception. I mean, I, I'm okay not knowing the father. I, I feel it was hardly a plot point. She was pregnant. And then I guess that raises stakes for her to get the bonds as well. Um, but then it doesn't come up again till pink. And she's yeah. had the baby. Yeah. And again, I feel like this baby was more so for Leo's character than it was for Hannah's character. Because um, you could have easily dropped that storyline and Hannah's story still be the same yeah mm-hmm. but leo's story wouldn't be the same correct so i just feel like there i feel like this series and i feel like we've talked about this like over text I, this series is strengthened when lee when you see leo as the guiding point through rather than um any other character if you like you can take bits and pieces of other characters um, away and the story still is the same. But I feel like if you take 
anything away that was that is in like intertwined with Leo, the series falls apart a little bit because no, things don't hit his home as much. No, absolutely. It's very much uh Leo is your focal point and your center point to where the storylines that uh definitively intersect with his are stronger elements to the overall story. When they try to do these other plot points, for example, RJ, RJ is a really weak plot point. He's a really weak character. Uh Stan and Judy uh, are fun characters, but they have no direct interconnectivity with Leo. So therefore, their story until Pink, until Pink, right? Until Pink. It's only until that love triangle starts interfering with Leo's life that it becomes interesting. That it becomes like worthy of an episode in of itself. Right. Stan. So, um, you know he's been there since kind of day one and then in an episode like red we see people like yo he's been using you this whole time you know how you know he's not lying to you and it questions their relationship so yeah there it's very much it was a story written around one character which is good if done great it's not done so great here to where we have these points in the story that just don't feel as exciting or don't feel as, you know, worthwhile to the greater story as a whole. Yeah. That's probably the series' biggest issue, I think. Other than the tropiness sometimes. Of, mm. Here's the plan. Yeah, I, I can agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I ended on yellow, and then I finally saw white, and everything come together um, in the heist. And the heist wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. There were some cool moments, but it did, it wasn't as crazy as Red led it to believe. Like, I was like, why is this place flooded, you know? Red put up a lot of questions that were answered in not interesting like not as interesting ways that i thought yeah and and also this whole so so here here are some i think this is the section that i'll call of this podcast questions about this series because i know they won't happen in real life okay um stan got to the safe house by how an uber i think he said a lift oh a lift because the search you're right you're right <laughs> Wasn't there a storm going on, like a hurricane that was hitting Manhattan? What what lift would be out at that time? Usually, um, they will tell drivers to either drive with caution or they will suspend it entirely. So exactly right, and we we know something because we're from Florida. We we, we are from we Florida. know. Uh, we know about hurricanes um, and in a place like Manhattan, which has, you know, is an island surrounded by water with very big buildings. I, I guarantee you, they would not, they would not let any car be driving. They wouldn't even let the subway be driving uh, or be going, especially since we find out in white that they blew up uh, a tunnel part of the subway. Yeah. Right. So also, they blew up a part of the subway and nobody was on them. 
I guess because of the storm. But then again, if nobody was on them because of the storm, how did he get a lift to get to the safe house? Question. Question. Yeah, yeah no, it was a fair question. It's, I mean, they had the question themselves. They're like, you didn't take a lift here, did you? Which, again, stupidity easily can be tracked, you know? Yeah, and apparently he uses, like, a proxy or something like that. Again, how would he get a lift with a proxy? I don't know. Something something doesn't make sense. And I think, I don't think that, they're, that their safe house is in Manhattan, to be fair. I think it's in Jersey. Well, I'm they were trying sure. to get off the island, if you remember. Ava was trying to get yeah. off Manhattan. So, yeah, I don't think it's on Man- in Manhattan. Might yeah. be in Jersey, might be in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, the you know, the other safe house was in Ohio. Like, the, the one that they end up in pink. I'm talking about, like, their base. Oh, no, no, the one after the heist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, another thing. I know that ICE works like that. I know that ICE, like, you just make a call and they'll come and arrest people and ask questions later and maybe you'll never see these people again. I have a question, like... How did the nanny, like, get out of ICE custody? Uh, Didn't uh, Abbasi pull some strings or something? Maybe she did. But that's just living with it as some as a very real fear. And maybe this is different because Ava was from a very wealthy class. And also Ava is a white woman and the nanny is a white woman, even though they're, you know, from not wasp, American wasp people. Yes. Um, they, they could have pulled some strings and, you know, the area that I grew up in, were very, you know, very brown and black people that were afraid of being captured by ICE. Maybe, but in my experience, there was always, you know, where I grew up in Miami, it was very real fear that people, you were undocumented for that many years. It was a very real fear that you're, you're just be disappeared and never come back. So are um, we uh, saying the writers did not do their homework? I think so. I think it was more of a convenience to more stakes on them because right now Ava would had just been a, you know, the go-to character for everything that had no fun on her. She would just if every time they try to turn up the heat on Ava, she'd get out of it and she'd right. like turn the tables on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess this was a way to be like, oh. Immigration policy, gotcha. You know, and again, it it was a, a question. If Ava had done so much, you know, and was a lawyer and this and that, how come she never got and she had all these connections to do everything that she has been doing? How come she never got uh, her nanny's paperwork in order? And I understand the immigration in this country policy in this country really sucks sometimes you'll apply for 30 years and you'll never get it but it, i find it very unbelievable that ava could fake birth certificates and social security numbers and, and not- be passed by the government but it stops where she's like oh can't can can't have somebody you know have uh 
um, get residency, residency papers correct. I think or the even like, uh, points that out too as far as like what happened. Just because you point something out in a story. No, I'm, I'm with you still. Yeah. I'm with you still. Yeah. It's like it's very much. You seem like the jack of all trades. You seem like you just do about anything as far as illegally attaining documents, but you didn't take care of your home first, you know? Yeah. And, and, and another question, what happened to those poor little puppies? Hmm? Man. When, once the ice took her, I, I'm, I'm, I'm strongly thinking that ice took those doggies, put them in a bag and threw them in the, in the huts. That's what happened. I'm not going to put it past that theory. I'm not. Uh, Just like RJ was an undeserving character or underrepresented character, those dogs, the story did not stand by those dogs. They were there, they were cute, and then suddenly they're gone. Just like (laughs) RJ. Yeah. And here's another question of believability. If you're in in the world of the FBI, right? And you're having issues with keeping custody of your child. They have there has to be some leniency, you know, if things go south, especially if you're working undercover, you know? Like I find it very unbelievable that like an FBI agent was arrested for possession of something. And then when she wasn't even charged, they were like, you were arrested. No more child, child gone. I was like, how, or, and then they were also like, you missed this hearing, you're on thin ice. Again, I I, I don't think they understand that when you're an FBI agent, things have to, you know, things have to take a second. Like they ask you probably at work, your life takes a second backseat to your job because you're an FBI agent, you know? And I think they, they, they should, there should have been some leniency. Maybe that's not how this works. I don't know. It felt very unbelievable. It felt very convenient that these string of things happened and that they were very harsh on this FBI agent. I am not going to try to pretend I know the rules and whatnot, but I will say this. Uh, it was her story as far as Abasi and giving her some character was probably least of my interest. And oh man, where was I going with this? <laughs> the believability of what the FBI is allowed to do and how they handle their personnel. This show does not do anything for me. But when you talk about the believability of a character, one of the weakest acting moments was when Abasi knocked the stuff off her desk. In that fit of break. Yeah. Yep. I was yep. like, whoa, that was terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, I want to be invested um, in the show. I really do. I want to say the show is really good, but then that, everything you just said, and then I'm just reminded of her. Ah. I'm like, yep. this is, this is terrible. <laughs> um, I also have to say that uh, the way the twins make people die, very. I was question marks like a random man. I just come to this country. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, we got to get on the the triplets and and then suddenly she just drops dead. 
I'm like, just because that doesn't make any sense. Did she get freaked with something? Like Saturday morning they, cartoon villains. They could do anything they want. Yeah, I just... So they, they, these were some of the things that were holding things back um, because they were great in context of the stakes for Leo's story. Right. right. Like, it's great to have somebody who's trying to stop the heist and will do anything to get there, right? For Leo's story. Mm -hmm. But it's not great when that person's whole deal is that she wants revenge because she can't see her child anymore in an unbelievable way. I, you know what I mean? Um, I think I would have... I just would have been yeah. fine with her just being, I'm trying to get my job done. I didn't need yeah. the other stuff. Yeah. And I feel like there even could have been, they made so much room for Leo with the classism and racism. There could have been a lot of, you know, there could have been like, oh, I'm a woman in this place. And I constantly, like, even because of my past, I'm constantly looked down upon. I'm trying to redeem myself. I feel like her having a child kind of complicated that aspect because then they had to find a way to 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 complicate things so that she would be even more invested into the heist yes you didn't no. need all that you didn't need all that you like, didn't you didn't yeah. um yeah it was fluff it was really fluff yeah unnecessary fluff yeah yeah and it didn't help that agent toby was um could have been replaced with like a cardboard cutout and you would have had the same result he was he was very uninteresting he was he had he was just he had very big eyes on one thing and that was getting an agent of bossy's pants and again very not needed there's it again yeah. they and it, it was i think it, what you have here is a really good outline for a show you know it's a heist it's like let's you know, your viewing experience is based on where you start watching the heist. And then, yeah, all you had to do is make the characters really fun to watch, relatable, and, you know, worth worth the investment. And yet, there's probably only like three characters that are worth investing. And then everything else is just kind of there. And yeah, it doesn't work. I have one more I have one more thing because go ahead this go ahead. is this is really this is what really grinded my gears um the complete unbelievability unbelievability of it all it makes sense again when it when you're talking about leo's character it makes sense that he wants to put the jewel in roger's you know in roger's uh safe right yes um yes. he wants to put it there because that's his calling card and that's him saying I did this to you and your everything will come come up and for you, right? Mm -hmm. My unbelievability is that when he opens it in red, and I had to rewatch this like five times because I was like, what what popped out of there? We didn't get to see it in red, and I didn't know until white that it was the jewel. But he opens the they open the thing in red, and then they're like, How'd that get in there? And he's like, I want to talk. I want to call my lawyer. From that perspective, I thought there was a dead body in there. Oh. They stuffed a dead body in there, and they were like, "We had to." We, you know, I thought RJ was gonna be in that vault because it went bad. Oh, you know, part of me did think 
RJ might have been in there, but then I had already saw enough. And then I remembered Violet and how it, you know, they did steal the orchid. Uh then I I I don't remember when I put it together that it was the orchid. Um oh no no, I put it together because I, I went uh white. When did I watch red? Red was one of my later watches, but because I watched Violet. And then I watched, uh, oh, I did Pink. Pink definitely says, you know, he's in there because of the orchid, you know. Uh, the news report was like, Roger Salas is not Roger Salas. Uh, he stole this 24 years ago. Um, so I knew. I knew it was the orchid. But I understand why you didn't, because you watched Red so early on, yeah. you know. But here's, but here's the issue. Here's the issue that I have. Why is this one piece of jewelry so damning of evidence? You know what I mean? Because it was stolen all those years ago. How did Leo get it? Leo completed the task and went amidst the fire and the chaos. Okay, how did he keep it in prison? I, uh, I don't think he kept it in prison. I don't know where he stashed it, but he stashed it somewhere. Maybe with Ava, or maybe, maybe this with- was a fake. I don't know, because, you know, he could make fakes. But I have this one. This is my question. Why is the... Why, when the FBI goes and opens Roger's case, like Roger's thing, wouldn't they expect to find things in there? You know, like just regular things that he could own? Why is this such a... You're telling me that this is the Pink Panther diamond. That everybody knows it across the world. It's so recognizable that um, in common knowledge that an FBI person all has to look at it and then be like, how'd that get in there? You're getting arrested. And then then Roger's like, I want to talk with my lawyer. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. If if an FBI person actually was like, I want to search your thing and then opens it and then finds jewels, you know, a normal thing that should be in a safe. I don't believe that it would be enough to cause the downfall of like, it makes sense. Again, it makes sense because it makes sense for Leo to finally get his revenge and also leave a calling card so that Roger knows who did it and finally complete Leo's arc. It does not make sense after that. I would say a better written story involves, you know, the crew and their interactions talking about a legendary heist being the orchid and you know the orchid's name is dropped throughout the series a bunch of times as far as you know that diamond's still missing no one's seen it for 24 years you know and then it's slowly revealed that leo actually orchestrated the theft had it all this time planted there you know like the legend but there was nothing surrounding that story element so it does sound weak when the FBI, for the viewing experience, we're supposed to just believe, oh, the FBI knows that diamond, you know? And I think I think it would have been better if, because if maybe Roger had two bodyguards that followed him everywhere instead of that one guy who does everything. Because that one guy gets beat up by the crew during the heist. Yes. And they kind of leave him in the fountain. But then he's also good enough to chase after Stan and Leo and the heist in red, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it would make sense if there was two bodyguards and one of them ended up dying on, in during the heist and then they shoved his body in the in the in Roger's thing because not only would they have the orchid but then they'd have a body and then they'd be like oh let's let's take him in there's an obvious dead body in here what's that doing in there right why do a, you have that there's a crime then, versus yeah. uh he kept saying you know it was just a they're testing their stuff yeah. and then and then when they finally come back with it they're like this is the orchid this is the thing that you know what i mean it would have made more sense in the real life standpoint for them to like take evidence like take the damning evidence first and then realizing there's more damning evidence as the story goes on but again uh i don't think again i think that this story works when it's leo's story and then after that it doesn't make sense no i agree i agree uh they knew giancarlo was going to carry majority of people's interest in this series so yes the elements that tie to his character are probably the strongest bits um i think we i think we've we've covered pretty much everything i think that this show encompasses i think we should now give them our preferred viewing order now you know i if you're listening to this point obviously we we done we done spoiled everything we done analyzed everything we done given our how they could have done it better what makes sense what doesn't so if you are here at this point, maybe you skipped ahead to hear a preferred viewing order. Uh, I don't think I have a necessarily a previewed a viewing order. However, I will say this, and I'll go ahead and start. I will just say this. I think key elements such as Hannah and Roger are pivotal to your enjoyment of this story. I yeah. feel Violet, you can go two ways with Violet. If you start Violet early on within your first two episodes, you know everything you need to know about Roger and Leo's motives, right? I feel like, I feel like, so I feel like here is not like the preferred viewing order for me, because, and I'll explain why. Green is the perfect starting point for the series. I think, like, I think it is, yes. I mean, green be- serves as a pilot, essentially. Yeah. But because... And you also get to see Stan and um, Leo's relationship. You get to see Leo at work in his age. You get to see the impetus for him. You get to introduce to a bunch of different characters. And then it goes to Roger. And then I think that immediately after you should get into Violet. Okay. Because it ends with, what do you call it? Uh, Hannah reading the letter from Leo. And he explains everything that happened. Ah, perfect yeah. segue. Yeah. Perfect segue. So green and violet definitely should, you know, come at the beginning because you start understanding. You start, I, I would say that it helps you make the connection that that little girl is Hannah. And mm-hmm. Hannah will have a bigger part to play in the rest of the series. Now, I do think how you said green and violet, I think green and violet are a really good pairing. If you yeah. start them off in the beginning, it serves as a great kind of opener. However, mm-hmm. if you start the series off, say, with who is second? Uh, no, yellow is second, right? 
chronologically yeah. or third yellow is third chrono yeah yellow is third chronologically if you start with yellow and then go through the episodes right mm -hmm. if you still pair green and violet green and violet serves as those intermediate flashbacks uh midway through that right before you get to the finale you have now all the pieces before you get to the finale so that's what yeah. I, I that's what i would say as far as violet and green because they give you a lot of information and they i feel those are two really major twists hannah and roger so if you want to get that yeah. in the beginning or in the middle that's your preference yeah but i i would say I, it works better in the beginning just because like you said uh hannah roger and leo are big parts of to why people enjoy the series or will enjoy the series correct um i feel like when you start with the other like the other team members i feel like getting having them come later and having momentum with them um as the series goes on versus having this always being the like connecting everything else helps you like um start putting the pieces together yeah better in a better way um i think after violet um i think after violet is a, a good place to be in is probably yellow um, yeah. just because you get to you know you get to see uh because you get introduced to bob very early on but you also need i feel like my biggest issue is that i was like why is bob here bob's not useful you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh throughout the entire thing because uh, of just you know leo everything that bob can do leo can do better um but we also know that leo is on a timer you know right. i wouldn't say on a timer to himself um he feels like because of the disease that he has he won't be able to do he's not 100 yeah he's he, he won't be able to do like to be a, a good thief um if he keeps delaying things right you know so i feel but i also feel like it's the classic oh get the gang together and we get to see more of hannah um uh, and but i could also see that yellow being a, maybe a little bit more in the middle i could also be you know be tempted to think that you know um you know i'm pretty indifferent i'm pretty much as you said i think uh green uh green is a great starting point i think yellow really can work as a starting point here's where i say does not work as a starting point i do not like orange i don't like blue uh i don't like red, red and i don't uh -huh. like pink i don't think anyone should start right there i do believe though it's half um, the show it is well i do believe this i believe white is a very interesting starting point if you start with white it, it can be because then you start with the ending and then you see how everything went well like it, it's going backwards in a sense well but not only backwards but it's like you have story that comes before and story that follows by yeah. starting with white so i can see i can see that there's you know um you know but i also feel like white is such a good ending because they framed it as an ending yes they had that little smile with Giancarlo at the end of the episode yes with the with the yeah you know it it feels like an ending it's very climactic um, yeah yeah and to go from 
all these colors like to go from the absence quote-unquote of color black which is like the introductory of the kaleidoscope to white all colors being represented like all colors you know coming out right i feel like it's very interesting um in terms of like oh um this is the end you know this is this is the end you go from seeing um none of it to seeing all of it all at once right um, i also saw somebody online say that they wished that white was an episode you unlocked after completing oh. all other episodes like a secret episode um i feel like that would have been interesting um but it also takes away from what they were trying to do which is like give the the viewers choices in what they did um so um but yeah right now i have maybe i i could be persuaded to put something else somewhere like i could be persuaded actually to put to go from green and violet to orange actually because then we get to see some more of like you know some more stuff like a bossy i'm thinking yeah bossy and um also like she's trying to figure things out so now we know who's chasing them and what's at stake for the people who's chasing them and then i can see us going to yellow you know so like it goes from what do you call it well green violet wait go i'll go go ahead i'll keep going i just had a thought kind of okay well what's your thought well my thought is just other than it's really the starting point that I care about. I don't know if I care about how people choose to go after. Yeah. You know? I mean, but I I care about it just because when because I write stories, because I care about and this is just good practice for like a writer for a storyteller. I'm I'm very invested in how the story can be best told in my opinion, you know what I mean? So right. I I I was thinking about it I'm like how can I view this and get the best possible outcome because there had to have been a point where they thought maybe there's a better way of telling this story and then they just kept up with the gimmick which it, it essentially is but I I'm just trying to see how the narrative would easily flow into one another um so that it can create the best idea I you know what as as much as i i say that i still think that um going from starting off strong with green violet and yellow because then we continue the line of hannah you know what i mean yeah um and leo's always going to be around everybody then we and we get introduced to everybody because yellow is the classic starting heist movie kind of let's get the gang together very you know, much very much happens yeah. in every heist movie that um and then then you go into orange because then it would create a dynamic where you've just you've give, been given the stakes now you're introducing to the main characters now you're introducing who's trying to chase them. right yeah I, i will say this though there is a lot of fun and i know we had fun with this just randomly choosing and then yeah, sharing where we like how we've been doing this podcast how our viewing experience was different you know but i uh 
Yeah, I do believe there's a probably a really cool way to go about this, but I think you would really have to sit down and take that time to kind of, you know, lay lay it out how. Uh, I'm fun, laying like it a, out right now on this podcast. So I, I don't I have already, one. So so go ahead. You said I figured it out. I figured you said it green. Out. You said violet. Violet. You said yellow. Y- yellow. Orange. Orange. And then I think the rest. Um, I think even while I was watching it and I watched blue, I immediately wanted to go to white because I felt once blue kind of gave us the all right, let's go in. You know, they gave us the ending where it was like, it's time to go. Um, I feel like, though, if we're going in a preferred order and we want to end on white, because that's where that's where they intended on ending. Yes. Every every apparently every time every time they mix it up on Netflix, it always ends with white. So uh, let me I confirm like that real quick. No, 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 no. It, it, everyone confirmed it on on the news sources I saw. Everywhere, everywhere confirmed it that it all that ends everyone's on white. ends on whites. Yes, everyone ends on white. Okay. So, um, what do you call it? Oh, From yeah. orange, I feel like you could go into you could go into blue, um, and then go into red because okay. I feel like it'd be very interesting to get. The, the laid up to the heist and they then immediately subvert yeah and get into the the fallout oh, and yeah. then go into pink okay okay and then go into white all right let me let me just point out because I wrote down your list uh outside of green being your first one uh you know chronologically violet is first then green so you just switch number one and two uh, everything else you pretty much follow in order, minus cutting out white and saving it towards the end. Well, well, uh, well. <laughs> then you know, I think. But, oh, but let me let me say this one oh, last thing. No, no, no. Because me, blue, no, no, no. I I, oh, I wonder if you noticed. Right, right. Did Did you notice what you did by putting white at the end? What? You did Reservoir Dogs. I basically yeah I and I and you know I. I think I was thinking that I was like, "Oh, this is this is Reservoir Dogs," because Reservoir Dogs is very nonlinear, and we don't we don't ever get to see the heist. You that's never see thing. the heist, right? Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's very telling that we, <laughs> the preferred viewing order, is just a movie that already exists. Um, I don't know if that's very telling. Yeah, and yes, everything kind of comes in very um what do you call it one after another uh but now now i have to question was it worth telling this story non-linear non-linearly um could this story been successful if it was linear because i i didn't even go upon it as linear i went upon it because the episodes were very focused on certain aspects and i wanted people to you know, to view it as, you know, as that. Yes, yes. Um, because if not, it's very disorienting for when someone starts on red and then is just like, and then has to figure out later, like near the end of their watch that, oh, that was Hannah. That was in the vault. 
that's why I care. You know. Let me let me ask you this. Um, you know, obviously you can come up with a preferred order. You have a chronological order. Do you think they really built this show around a nonlinear format, or did they make it and then told people to watch it in any order? Unfortunately, I do think they made it in a, non a nonlinear format. I just don't think that they made it well. <laughs> okay, um, that's fair. Uh, let yeah, me. Okay, I, one, uh, another question. Do you think? you could do this type of experience with any show? No, I don't feel like you can do it with any show. I feel like certain stories need to need to be told in, in consequential order. Sure. Um, just because tension is a thing that I, I feel like this show, as much as it has surprise, um, I think there's a famous Al um, Alfred Hitchcock quote that talks about surprise and tension um, and how if you put a bomb under a table, let's say, but you don't tell the audience and then the table just <laughs> just like that. And then the table just goes boom. And, and then and the audience is like shocked, surprised. But then if you tell them that there's a bomb under the table and give them a timer, Suddenly, the audience is like, "When is this table gonna blow up?" And it, be, it that creates attention. Sure, you know. Um, I feel like, I feel like for this, for this series, the tension was sort of robbed in a lot of places. I can um, see that because um, we know like the fallout. We know like what happens with these characters, and also. Um, but I guess the the big tension is why did Leo do things that were kind of against his character? That was the big that was the big tension because there was a lot of points where Leo was like not acting the way he, I think he was supposed to act, and that was a big question for me. So when well when it finally gets revealed in white, oh, he did he he wanted to escape because. He already knew he had, um, what do you call it, Parkinson's. So he didn't know how much time he had left. Um, he knew who stole the money. So he was trying to protect them. Trying to protect trying her to the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And he also knew that, um, and that's why he didn't go after anybody. And he also knew, and that's why he didn't try to help anybody. But he also knew that uh, Roger would still get his own. You know, like he would still, you know, there were there were a lot of questions that ended up being answered, which um, in white, which when you rock the rest of the series, you kind of are left wondering, why would he go so hard to get revenge? And then at the end, kind of just be OK with everything that happened, even though it went terribly wrong. And, you know, as you said, it kind of played out in his favor, not how exactly how he wanted to go. But if Hannah wins in the end. I think he's okay with that result. And that's essentially what happened. Um, yeah. So this series is listed as a mini series. And, you know, we kind of leave off with, you know, some amb ambiguity uh, as far as the ending is concerned. Uh, 
Would you like to see a season two? No. Would you like to see a season two that uh, gives you a group of uh, a handful of episodes again and tells you to pick up the pieces? No. <laughs> I feel like this was. I feel like if there was going to be a season two, um, it's going to have to be kind of following in the steps of the limited series and be something completely different but oh, with anthology. the same gimmick. Um, yeah, like an anthology. Yeah. Um, because I feel like... Uh, oh, I, I feel... There's another thing. Um, I feel like, given the clues that were given um, with Judy's character, because that's the one that's left open in... Correct. Um, uh, if Judy stays with Stan or leaves, um, throughout their entire relationship of her and Bob, specifically Bob, you hear Freebird um, by Leonard Skinner in the background of a lot of his scenes. And then it becomes, um, what do you call it? It becomes like, oh, I can't change. I can't change, you know? Um, yeah, and Bob, that's Bob's character. He's like, I can't change. I have to go and get revenge for what was done to me and win my girl back. Because I think he thinks that Stan um, is the one who choked him and crushed his windpipe. Oh, you think so? Oh, I never thought that he, he never, didn't realize. Yeah, he never he never realized that who, who was choking him. He never got a clear picture of him. Wow, that's what I, I think. I I know. I think you're. I think you're right. Um, I never put yeah. that together because he was never like, I want to get Judy too. I was always on the impression he wanted to get Stan because Judy is now with Stan. But yeah, oh wow, yeah, never thought about it like and that. And then there's a scene in Pink that transitions because it brings um, when Bob is a hothead and like and like blue and like yellow, um, he is introduced with the uh, free bird with Leonard Skinner, and then in Pink it shows up again. And he's like, "Oh, this bird you cannot change," you know that that famous part of the song. Yeah. But then it shifts to Judy, who's holding Stan, and then Judy goes back and then it goes to a part of the song where it's like if i leave here tomorrow would you still remember me because i'm free as a bird you know and it it just hints to me that she left Sam, that she wanted to like just completely leave didn't have to split the money with anybody and start anew um somewhere else um because i, I think that's where it leads us to believe but it kind of leads it open-ended enough so we can just we can piece it together you know what i mean yeah yeah no 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 i think i think there are enough breadcrumbs to kind of pick up where these characters are going uh but yeah um if they don't do a season two i guess i'm okay i think i like you know anthology idea better than just a mm. you know let's follow up with these characters i think our time with them uh whether or not you consider it well spent it was spent uh <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm okay with it uh so i guess let's let's wrap this up do you have any closing thoughts on netflix's kaleidoscope for our listeners today um yeah i feel like if they do um if they continue with this the only character that they can continue with is stan because they didn't give any breadcrumbs <laughs> as to where he was headed they kind of just killed his family and left him eating tacos 
So I feel like that's indicative of where the series is headed. Um, <laughs> no season two. No one wants. No one wants rip off Jack Quaid to, <laughs> to lead the series. Don't do him like that. But you, yeah, you do. Just, you, yeah. you are a fan of if they went anthology route, new cast, new crime. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. New, new cast, new crime. I just worry if how repetitive it will be. Very true. Very true. I think um, you know as as much as we talked about, I think the idea is really cool. I think discussing with people a a series where everybody is essentially starting at different points is really fun uh, in theory. Uh, and I say in theory, depending on the actual execution of the show. Was Kaleidoscope executed perfectly? I think we can both agree. Absolutely not. Uh, no. Are there strong performances? Yes. I think John Carlo. Yeah. I think John he does. Carlo, a, Ava. A, uh, uh, Paz Vega. Um, even Roger. Um, Rufus Sewell. I think he does a pretty good job. Tati Gabrielle. Uh, were there some weak performances and underdeveloped characters and storylines? Plentiful. Plentiful. Uh, was what there Jack Courtney? I don't even yeah. know if I like Jack yes, Courtney. Because now that you say that he's just playing Jack Courtney, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I mean, he worked for what he worked. He, he, he worked. But... He was there. Jack Courtney was there. He was there. He was there. I mean, uh, we might as well give a shout out to the whole cast. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, you got uh, Judy played by uh, Rosaline Elbe. Uh, Peter Mark Kendall as Stan. Jordan Mendoza as RJ. Uh, Nusha Noor as Abasi. And we'll stop right there. I think all the ones worth mentioning. Uh yeah, I mean, it's not like, again, other than I'd say her knocking the stuff off the desk. Performances were fine. Uh, but yeah, I think I think they have a cool concept here that I think maybe if they try it one more time, uh, they could they could have something. Uh, and maybe not centered around uh, something as tropey as a heist. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like nonlinear stories can work. They could even work with a heist, but to make a heist story, only specifically a heist story, be so revolved around nonlinear storytelling kind of ruins some of the tension that heist stories naturally have. Mm-hmm. So, Well, you know, talking thematically here, Kaleidoscope, you can aim it at anything and it changes your perspective. So I think if they were to make an anthology base, point the kaleidoscope at something new, uh, something else, and be able to tell the story from, you know, eight different angles, and just kind of have fun with it. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't. That would have, be doesn't interesting. Have to be a, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be a heist. You you have a instigating incident, but it doesn't have to be a heist. I think this idea can work with anything. So I, I'd like yeah. to see them try it again. Uh, give us some strong leads again. Uh, John Carlo, I'm glad this was. Uh, I, I wish I wish it was better, but um, he did good. I'm he did good. He did good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I would like to see it again. So, uh, 
I know it's being, uh, it's like number one right now on uh, Netflix. It might have dropped the number two, but it is doing well. People are watching. Uh, I, I believe Netflix goes off of numbers over ratings more than anything. So uh, maybe we'll see a greenlit uh, season two. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, actually, I'm also going to go and try to rewatch some shows non-linearly and just see. <laughs> oh, that's going to. I'm just I know I, I I really like your table and bomb analogy, but I'm just going to see. I don't know if that changes things. Uh, it might. It might. It might. Or maybe I should just try a show I've never watched before entirely and just go non-linearly. Um, just to see if it works. Just to see if Netflix is on to something huge here. But um, folks, that is our take on Netflix's newest hit show, Kaleidoscope. Uh, currently on Netflix, you can go watch it now and again. If you would uh, like to you know, watch it randomized as we did, by all means, Nino's preferred order. I'll shout it out again. Episode green, violet, yellow, orange, blue, red, pink, white. Those That is Nino's preferred order. Uh, let us know in the comments your journey. Let us know how y'all took this show. Uh, did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Did you like the nonlinear style? What did you think of the characters? All that jazz. Uh, you can talk to us in the comments of any of our social media. Or, you know, you can join the link below and join the Discord. We're talking there there all the time. Uh, so we'll love to hear from you. But yeah, we're on all social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, Dr. Jace is on Twitch. So go watch him play some stuff. Uh, if you ever like to hear from Nino, he's definitely in the Discord. Uh, so go ahead and hit it up. Um, and then, yeah, thank you for listening on your various podcast stations, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you're listening to us. And hey, we appreciate y'all. Uh, episode two of Voyage 3, season three of the Yonko Table. Uh, without further ado, we are signing off. Uh, that is Supernova Nino Desplazado and your host, Grandmaster Who. Uh, I, Kaleidoscope didn't leave me with any cool songs. Uh, I guess I guess we could sing Free Bird. I don't know. But uh, free bird. All right. Y'all take care.